Hello and welcome into Get Up Speak Up. We have a fun episode in store today. We're going to make our overrated 11 this time. The underrated 11 went down really well. A lot of people enjoyed it and it was fun to make. So we're going to have Alpha back on. And I'm sure the overrated 11 will also give us some interesting names and some interesting debates. So that coming up. Before we get into that though, I wanted to run through some of the latest news about coronavirus and football and possible return dates across Europe. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, there's been varying responses from football leagues across Europe. You've got the Belarusian approach of sticking your head firmly in the sand and continuing business as usual. Almost as bizarre, the French league have suspended the season, but then said they will crown PSG champions with them only 12 points clear with 11 games left to play. And they're going to relegate the three teams currently in the relegation zone, even though St. Etienne are only three points clear of the drop in 17th, again with 11 games to play. Considering the financial implications of relegation, I find it incredible that they've decided to do this. I don't think it's at all fair and I hope they're not thinking of doing something similar in the Premier League. Germany, who have been impressive in their testing for coronavirus and have by far the least cases of any European country with a major football league, is set to return on May 17th. Germany seem confident they have the testing capacity to trace and monitor the virus enough to make completing the season a viable prospect. Then Serie La Liga and the Premier League are all hopeful of returning with June 8th, the date percolating as the possible time for a return. But I just don't see how the Premier League can restart considering how far behind we are in terms of the prevalence and availability of testing. What happens if two games into the restart, Aubameyang tests positive for COVID-19? Then what? Does the whole Arsenal team have to spend two weeks in quarantine? Does the whole team of the last two teams Arsenal have played have to be in quarantine? And all the teams that those two teams have played in the last two weeks also have to go into quarantine? I mean, it could really become a mess. Then the Premier League might find themselves in a position where some teams get to finish the season, but some teams are four or five games behind come the end of August because they've had to take multiple quarantine breaks. And for people who say, oh, well, it's like an injury if you get COVID, you just can't play like if you pulled your hamstring. No, it's not. Because when you pull your hamstring, that doesn't then cause three, four, five, six of your teammates to also pull their hamstring. The contagion factor of the virus means that one team will be disproportionately affected and disadvantaged by one person getting the virus because it's bound to spread to multiple teammates in training and matches. Of course, it's an unfair competitive advantage if one team has to play six reserves against another's first team because of COVID compared to normal injuries in normal times. You're telling me if Norwich drew with Watford at the start of the season and that was really close between them in terms of who was going to go down and then on the final week of this season Norwich have to put eight reserve players out against a full Watford team because eight of their first team squad are having to quarantine because of Covid of course they're going to say that's an unfair advantage and of course they'd be right so it's not normal times and it's not a normal injury you can't just call it that because it would be nice if it was the only potential way of dealing with that issue is testing all the players on an almost daily basis. But as I said, we're not Germany and testing isn't close to being as widely available as they have it yet. The optics of footballers using loads of tests when not all healthcare workers have them would be an awful look for the Premier League. So I don't see that as a viable option either. Certainly not as soon as mid-June. I think it's very dangerous in the thirst we have for live sport to open up a whole new can of worms that no one has thought all the way through. And maybe it'd be best for the Premier League to keep Pandora's box firmly shut. But of course, 
money talks, so we will see what the Premier League come up with. And now is the time after we did the underrated 11 before for the overrated 11. Alpha Elvi is back on the podcast. Alpha, thanks for coming on again. The underrated 11, as I said at the top of the podcast, went down really well, so I'm sure people are going to be interested in the overrated 11 we come up with. We're going to do it as the same format as last last time, like a draft. To start to see who gets the first pick, I have a trivia question for you. I was really annoyed last time that you got it so quickly and so easy. It made you sound really smart, so I'm, 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 I'm I'm hoping you get this wrong. Okay, you ready? In the Premier League era... Only two clubs have finished the season as the league's highest scorers and finished the season as the league's lowest scorers. Who are the two clubs? You need to get both to get the first pick. I'm going to go Blackburn and Newcastle. Eh, eh. Neither. Neither. The two, clubs are, the two clubs are Arsenal and Manchester City. It was uh, the 92-93 season, the first season of the Premier League. Arsenal got the fewest goals with 40. And then 2002-2005, they were the highest scorers. And then Man City were the lowest scorers in 95-96 and 06-07 before they got bought by Qatar, obviously. And then have been the highest scorers in six of the last seven seasons. There you go. Man City and Arsenal. So, on this draft, I get the first pick. I have to admit, that was a very tough question. I would have been very impressed if you got that. Okay. Ooh, okay, so for the overrated 11, who am I going to take first? What position? I'm going to go with, I'm going to start with goalkeeper like you did last time. My goalkeeper pick is Hugo Lloris. I just think he's woefully overrated. And the, the narrative about how good he is is just totally misguided. First of all, he's got a small frame and flappy hands, and I just don't like that in a goalkeeper anyway. He is literally full of mistakes, and the odd reflex save every now and again doesn't make up for that in my eyes, but it seems to in everybody else's eyes. He makes all types of different mistakes. I mean, he's even making up new ways to make mistakes. I remember that game in the Champions League against Barcelona when there was a ball over the top. For some reason, Hugo Lloris is outside the box, so by the time the ball gets to Coutinho, he's taking a pot shot from 25 yards out, and there's no goalkeeper in the net. I think he's really overrated. He's got a reputation now for dilly-dallying on the ball too long and having strikers close him down. He did that in the World Cup final of all games. Did it against Southampton in the league as well. How that guy is captain of a Champions League level club and the world champions is just beyond me. I think he's overrated by his teammates, by his managers and by the media. I don't think he's a very good goalkeeper. Yeah, he seems to... You know, if you're... If you're the goalkeeper, and you're the captain, you're Casillas, you're Buffon, you're not Lloris. So I think he's overrated. I agree with that. For me, I had it like Lloris slash Kepa. I didn't know which one to pick. Oh, Kepa's a good shout, actually. I think for the price tag, that's why I was going for more overrated. But I agree with Lloris, I think you... At least Kepa's not the captain. Lloris is considered to be some great... Yeah. leader and it's just like first of all just yeah. do your duty as a goalkeeper first before we start talking about leadership so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Lloris is my first pick okay who's your first pick I'll start with the back four I'm going to go with centre back I don't know how this player became a football player and um, I do not know how this player became a football player and I do not know how he's getting all the wages he's getting from Manchester United oh, Phil, Phil Jones Phil Jones uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he is the first person on the list and I think for me, especially, I was like, yeah, Phil Jones, I 
denying respecting him, giving him that contract, just shows that they rate him. So that makes him overrated, in my opinion. And he's yeah. definitely he's definitely overrated by Man United for sure. He's earning silly money. You're right. I don't know who gave him the start in football. I think it was Sam. I think it was Sam Allardyce in Blackburn. But he is a woeful footballer to watch, and he's a woeful footballer in terms of his output on the pitch. He's been beaten many a time. He's not particular. Doesn't seem to be particularly good at anything. And you're right. How he has that contract. From Man United is something I've been asking myself for many, many years, for sure. Absolutely no rebuttal on my side. Um, okay, with my second pick, I'll take the other centre-back spot. And I, and I think this one's going to be more controversial than your pick for the centre-back. I'm interested to see what you say about this. But my pick is Jamie Carragher. Unlike Phil Jones, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a bad footballer. But specifically looking at overrated and looking at how they're spoken about and how, what, who they're compared to, how they actually play. And I have to admit, I didn't see Carragher play a lot live, in his prime anyway. But any past match I watch of him, it's his butt-ugly running style, someone skipping past him for fun, showing how he's slow as hell, or he's banging in own goals. I don't know if people know this, but he's for the second most own goals in Premier League history. Yet yeah, this guy is talked about like he was some legend, some great centre-back. I've seen on Monday Night Football, Sky Sports have the audacity to float the question, who was better, him or Gary Neville? Now, I don't know if that's banter because they're both the, the pundits or whatever, but that's the most disgraceful question to Gary Neville I've ever heard. This guy's never won a Premier League despite being part of countless good Liverpool squads. And the, only, the most successful thing he's done is that Champions League comeback against AC Milan in Istanbul. Well, that would be the game where his defence crumbled, conceded three goals in the first half an hour, and then got resurrected by Liverpool's excellent midfield. So, Jamie Carragher, I think a lot of players who are like local boys and fans of the club get overly praised for the good they do and the bad they do gets diminished. And Jamie Carragher, I definitely see as someone who is, you know, an okay player, a good defender on a good team, but not in the same stratosphere as some of the names that he repeatedly gets associated with in the media. Yeah, I think I agree with that one. Second most own yeah, goals in Premier League history. That just that's doesn't true. get talked about. He just gets talked about like he was some great, passionate defender. It's not enough just to be a fan of your club. I think, I think he's had a couple of good defenders next to him. I forget the guy, he had like white hair, Sammy Hippia, Sammy Hippia. Yeah, 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 he was, he was decent. And also, he, he had like Xavi Alonso in front of him and stuff, yeah, and Gerard, like. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I don't, have a, I don't think that's controversial. I'm sure a couple of Liverpool fans yeah. would. Maybe, maybe. Alright, go ahead. Maybe. Your second pick in the overrated XI draft, go. Controversial coming from an Arsenal fan. Quite a lot of Arsenal fans really like him. Yeah, I think he's. I think no, I do love him. He is very good when he is good. But against Olympiacos and like countless amount of games where he's just not been good enough for the team. And I think if he just stayed at one consistency, so without the injuries and all of that, I think if he stayed at the consistency level of when Arsenal drew against Chelsea, he was playing ridiculous. I think he can be a very, very good player and, and rated as well. Like he deserves. Like, he's been good some games, he hasn't been good some games, and I think he's a bit overrated. Um, 
overrated. Do you think he's overrated by the media, by the fans, or by the the managers and the teammates? Who do you think overrates him? I think it's Arsenal Football Club for keeping him for that long. I think he was very good in the beginning. Wait, so you think you should get rid of him? You think you should get rid of him? No, no, I don't. for you and I'm, I'm interested to hear what, hear what you say here because I often have this debate about Pogba with United fans. How much do you think Bellerin's engagement in off the field stuff like fashion walks, things like that, have contributed to some of the Arsenal fan base wanting more from him, being frustrated and perhaps even thinking of him as being overrated? How much do you think that kind of flamboyant celebrity lifestyle that he's been indulging in off the pitch has contributed to harsher criticism? of him though? What about how people perceive him? That's what I'm talking about. Players that 
I think he's viewed as being on the level as by Arsenal fans and by the wider media and the players where his numbers are actually more compatible. So appearances last season, they had the same appearances. Pepe scored four goals, Martial scored 11. Shooting accuracy, Martial 68%, Pepe 48%. Shots on target, Martial 30, Pepe 16. Shots off target, Pepe 17, Martial 14. And I think it's clear that he's not really on that level when you actually look at the numbers. So what level is he on? The level I see him as being is more of that skillful, athletically gifted winger with limited end product, more of a Adama Traore. And if you compare their numbers, they both scored four goals, Traore got seven assists and Pepe got six assists. When you look at the more advanced numbers again, Shooting success, Traore 11%, Pepe 9%, shots off target, Pepe 17, Traore only 11 with similar shooting accuracy. And then, I can already hear your excuse, I can already hear your reasoning. Oh, well, it's Pepe's first season in the Premier League. He's got to adjust to life after coming from France. Martial's first season after coming from France when he was only 18 years old. Goals, 11. Pepe's goals, 4. And then again, the advanced numbers. Shots on target, 25. Pepe, 16. Shooting accuracy, 56%. Pepe 48%, shooting success 20%, uh, Pepe's shooting success 9%. So even Martial's first season, when he was younger than Pepe, less experienced, going to a bigger club, he's still ahead of him in every category, both the advanced numbers and the basic scoring numbers. So for me, it's very clear that Pepe doesn't have that end product which would put him in the category of players that everyone talks about him being as an attacking threat and instead puts him in the category below that with the Wilfred Zahas, with the Adama Traores, gifted, talented players with no end product. He is overrated to that you say what. defenders look silly you get it for scoring his score is important the stats that are most important he is not on the same level as the players that he gets compared to he's the level below Liverpool, he hit the keeper. There's a level of winger who has end product 
and there's a level of winger who doesn't have it as consistently. Pepe is not in that Martial, Sade level above, he's in that level below with Traore and Zaha. Why can't he finish them? Why is his shooting accuracy so low? can see how the team would affect goals, but how does the team affect shooting success rate and shooting accuracy? How does the team affect that? Because as a, as a, as a winger who's got zero confidence in that period of time, it's He didn't do it. shooting success rate and four goals. I think it was very much ready. I'm sure Alisson did appreciate it when the ball hit oh. and slapped in the hip. I think he's got a lot of upside the same way I think Traore and Zaha have a lot of upside. But he's not a level above that. He's not better than Zaha. He's not he doesn't have the end product. this season. I, I, I was beating him up, yes, because I thought he would provide us with what, what, what 
Okay, we'll see you next season. As I said before this season, I reckon he will have limited goals. Okay, you have the next pick. Off you go. Um, I'll go with Yeah. I'm going to go with Sami Nasri. Ooh. I think when he came to Arsenal, he was hyped like he, I think he was very good. He had a very, very good season at Arsenal. But then at Man City, he just became underwhelming. Like, he was in and out of the team. His discipline was poor. But even, even still, he was rated because of what he used to do and his technical ability. He was one of the young players who came into class with Karen Benzema and Beno, and he didn't succeed then, even though there was, like, political stuff going on with him and Bishop. But still. He was at Arsenal. He did well. But he didn't win anything. And then he went to Manchester City yeah. and he won two Premier Leagues, a League Cup and an FA Cup. Yeah, but not because of, like, it wasn't because of him. But he was playing he for was them. Just, he was playing for them, but he's just old. Like, the technical side of the game, which was amazing at Arsenal, just slowly started dying off. I think he's overrated. I think for someone who's got all of the trophies that he has gained with Man City, yeah. I think he's just a bit, a bit too overrated, in my opinion. Okay, but I think um, I think that's harsh because he did he was playing in a team that won the league twice and an FA Cup. Maybe just a, a tad of Arsenal saltiness because he left you for the money. I don't know. I think that's a bit harsh. During his time at Man City, I just realised that Frank Rodriguez got rid of him because he was kind of a, like he was. No, I'm not saying he was at Pogba. I'm saying he thought he was Pogba's level. Like he thought he was yeah, I, I understand that. Those players that think they're better than they are, they overrate yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah, okay, alright. Nasri is our first centre mid. With my next pick, I'm going to go over to left mid. And I'm going to go for Callum Hudson-Odoi. I mean, you talk about hype. Oh my god. In, interest from Bayern Munich already. The Chelsea fans love him. Five-year contract worth 120k a week. I mean, could you do something first? Could you do something? Anything. This guy has got one Premier League goal. One Premier League goal. There is no caveat. Not against the top six. Not away from home. Not in derbies. He just has one Premier League goal to his name. And he's got all of these things going for him. Lucrative, long-term contract. The Chelsea fans are all over him. The media are all over him. Bayern Munich are all over him. And what am I missing? One Premier League goal. He has not proven that he can finish. I don't understand all the hype at all. I think he is crazily overrated. He's done nothing. Do you think his hype is inflated by him being English? 100%. A million percent. He hasn't done anything. And he's already earned his contract. He's already earned fans' love. I don't understand it at all. Fair enough. So yeah, Callum hudson um, Doy, I'm going to put there. Right, who's your next pick? Both striker slots are still available. Yeah, I'm going to... You know what, I'll pick a striker. I'm going to go with an ex-Arsenal player again. Okay. He accumulated 70 million euros worth of transfer fees within his time. Uh, it's Nicholas Anelka. He played for Chelsea, he played for Liverpool, he played for Real Madrid, he played for Arsenal, and I think could have been something amazing. He had moments of brilliance. He really didn't perform in the Champions League final. Like he was, I, I found him underwhelming against um, Man United. Well, he missed. He missed the penalty uh, to lose the game. Yeah, 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 he missed the penalty. He had moments of brilliance in Arsenal, which was a big transfer fee for him. But then in Real Madrid, he was underwhelming again. The transfer fees that are associated with him, because now we're talking about a past with inflated prices. I think he's just overrated for what he's got to show for. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying completely. I think it's these players who 
you almost can't work out why so many big clubs have gone after them because they're not particularly unique. But then again, with Anelka, it's kind of similar to what I was saying about Nadri. He was actually playing. Like, it's not like he was just on the bench. He was playing for these teams and he did win a lot, particularly at Chelsea. He did, but I think he could have been what I'm looking at now. is like Sammy Leto-esque. Like, how could Sammy Leto use, like, was... If Anelka was as good as people said he was, I think he would have been as good as Sammy Leto. But he didn't live up to that standard. Even though he did win trophies because the team around him was very good, I don't think he had a very big impact. I'm not going to massively disagree with that. I understand what you're I'm going to take the other striker slot and I'm going to go with Marcus Rashford. Striker of my team. But oh my god, is this guy overrated. So, I mean, by our fan base, by, by United fans. I think, again, it's similar to the Carragher argument. Because he's young, English, Mancunian, big fan, he just gets crazy hype for anything he does. And the bad that he does just gets totally glossed over. And it's just a completely, in my opinion, misguided narrative around Rash. I just don't feel like it's based off how he's actually played. And it's much more based off how people want him to have played. There's this silly... Yeah, but, there, but there's this silly notion that he's great in big games. And his goals this season against Chelsea, Spurs, City and Leicester were all penalties. You know, it's not like he's ripped through three people in these big games. He's totally one-dimensional. Definition of a one-dimensional striker. If there's no space in behind, he really offers very little. That's why he looks better. I wouldn't say great, but better against the better teams because they're all over us and he has loads of space in behind as that kind of outlet pass. Having him as the main man is part of the reason why we struggle so much against the worst teams at Old Trafford who come and put 10 men behind the ball and we can't break them down because Rashford has no space to run in behind and our record this season against those kind of teams has been woeful and Rashford and his limited style of play has been a massive massive reason behind that. And then Almost every Man United fan rates Rashford more than Lukaku. If you compare them in 2018-2019, where Pogba was playing his best football he's ever played at United, when Rashford was playing and Lukaku was injured, even bearing that in mind, Lukaku scored more goals, more goals per game, more goals per minute, a higher shooting accuracy, a higher shooting success rate, and the only statistic which Rashford was ahead of him in, big chances missed. So this whole idea that he's a big game performer and he's better to have than Lukaku is just a load of crap. And then look, the one season where Lukaku was the man all season, we finished second. The season where Rashford was the man all season, we finished sixth. So, or set or where, like fifth, I think we are right now. So this idea that Rashford is a new great striker for us to have, massive upgrade on Lukaku, big game performer, it's all misguided. I can't see him being a 25 plus goals a season guy, and he's not very good against the worst teams. And if you're Man United, the majority of the teams you play are gonna be defending against you. So you can't just be good playing on the counter attack when you have space in behind. The fact that the United fans in particular have totally got the wrong idea of how much this guy give us means he's really overrated. I think his comparisons with Do you 
you nailed it there. That's the thing. He's a decent yeah. player. He's a decent player. There is no one in the media, no one in Man United who would describe him as a decent player. Everyone would say he's more than that, and he's not. The other day, uh, Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville did a draft of the top 10 players they had drafted in football to be on their team, and Carragher put Rashford in the top 10. Oh, no, I saw that, I saw that. And it's just like, he, that's what I mean by he's so overrated. Decent player can cause some problems when there's space in behind. Nothing more than that. No, do, you know, do you know what I don't understand? I know. If, if you're putting Rashford there in front of some of the other players within the world, I don't know if he did put Lewandowski in front of If he didn't put him, if he put him in front of Lewandowski, or even in the Premier League, if you're putting him above the likes of Aubameyang, Aguero, and even Kane, to be honest, yeah. there's, there's a bit of a problem. Yeah. He's a decent player. He is. He is a decent player, and he can be effective in certain situations, but he is nothing more than that. So Rashford is going to go alongside Anelka, in our team. Okay, your last pick. Left back or central midfielder? Who are you going with? Funny enough, both of them are Manchester United players. I'm going to go to Senate and I'm going to go for another highly overrated English player who plays for Manchester United. And I think Jesse Lingard. He's someone who has somehow got the term being young, being a young player. <laughs> second season I was bigging up Lingard because I could see how Mourinho would work on him and he would work in that system in 2018 under Mourinho he had an excellent season he went on to then have an excellent Euros with England and then from that moment he has sunk like a stone since Mourinho has left the only problem I have with him being in the overrated 11 is since 2019, since he's been absolutely shocking and borderline embarrassing, he hasn't been rated. I don't think even United still rate All of our fans don't rate him. There's rumours of him being sold. And for Scholzgar and this new Man United coaching staff to be selling one of their own, one of their academy guys, really, really shows that his rating isn't really there anymore. So I... The only problem I have with him being in the overrated 11 is as of right now, I don't think many people rate him. It's interesting as well because going back to what we were saying about Bellerin, Lingard has his own clothing brand. He is totally milking all that off the pitch stuff. But they're not at all delivering on the pitch and that really annoys fans. And I think that's also been another reason why people are rating him less within United because he's doing all this stuff as if he's a second coming, not delivering on the pitch at all. Yeah, I think he takes a bit of time well, I get the last pick because you got the question okay. wrong. So, I, you're not, you're, <laughs> listen, you're not going to be happy about this. And I'm going to be honest, I was hoping you were going to pick left back because I'm not particularly happy about saying this. I, left back is a very bread and butter position and I couldn't think of too many people that are overhyped. I came up with this name, but I do feel a bit bad because I like him and I think he's going to be a good player, but... 
you Arsenal fans just can't resist oh, overhyping oh, a player. So I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Saka. And it's because, listen, it's because no, listen, listen, it's because he's a good player. Okay, I, 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 I do feel bad about saying this because he's a young player. He's gonna get better. And I'm saying, listen, I'm saying, I think he's gonna be a good player. So don't throw this back in my face in three years when he's playing really well. I think he's gonna be a good player. But oh my God, one nutmeg against Newcastle, one good cross, and he again, he, it's like he's the second cut. Like you, you guys just can't help yourself. You can't help it. You can't. You can't help. You can't let someone. Be good and just call it good. It has to be great. It has to be the best since X. He's done okay in a not very good team at left back. There's nothing more to be said than that. He cut inside and scored one goal with his right foot against some terrible team. And suddenly, he's the next Maldini. He's the next Maldini. So in terms of overrated, I would have to say him. Just because he's rated as great when he's actually good. Why is it not good? It's okay. It's just, it's, it's not great, Alpha. It's just okay. The way he dribbles one on one against the player is crazy. Do you know what? It's not crazy, though. This is my point. Wait, first of all, this is what I'm talking about. Alpha, it's not crazy. What Alfonso Davis is doing is crazy. What Saka is doing is good. That is my point. It's out of this world. Are you serious? Albert, it's not out of this world though. There are plenty of fullbacks who can cross well. There's plenty of fullbacks who can cross well. segment I was feeling a bit bad about having that name but you have totally validated my point he is good he's not great he's not crazy and he's not out of this world you just said his crossing is out of this world it was good it was good it was good it wasn't out of this world it wasn't crazy stop this and his cross was out of this world.
is been hurt by injury, but Ashley Young is a good shout, although he's not yeah, actually. Ashley Young was the show. Yeah. I'm putting Saka there. I'm putting Saka there. I was going to say to you, we'll take your left back because I feel bad about that because I like him. But then you just said what you just said, and you've just confirmed my my theory. Any no no any impartial listeners any impartial listeners are going to agree with me after everything you just said because you proved my point. We will. We will, we will, Alpha, because you just, uh, I've never had my argument won for me by the person arguing against me. That was, that was seriously no, slick. No, no, I'm no, very no, proud no, of myself by that. Very proud. No, no, I think people understand why I'm saying that. It's a cross-sided. I think people understand that. Quickly, don't worry. Do you have any, like, honourable mentions? My honourable mentions, uh, my honourable mentions include, uh, where's my honourable mentions section? David Louise is an honourable mention. He's one of those defenders who just seems to be good at everything other than what's important. Definitely honourable <laughs> Another honourable mention for me was Cavani. I understand that he gets a lot of goals and I'm normally Mr. Stats when it comes to goals and things like that, but he misses a lot of big chances. I've never seen someone rated as such a good finisher miss so many chances. I remember one time Arsenal played PSG in the Champions League and he missed four one-on-ones over the course of two legs, which was just shambolic. And another honourable mention goes out to uh, Ross Barkley. He was one of my CMs. Somehow got a big move from Everton to Chelsea and he's again, similar to Hudson-Odoi, done nothing. Just a young English player. I just don't see why Chelsea spent money on signing him. He's definitely overrated for me. Who's your honourable yeah. I don't know how he got his move to Liverpool, that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. And it was £20 million pounds that we packed in the day. That used to mean uh, something, yeah. This one was a big, like, I'm going to say his name, but I'm not going to give him an opinion. I think he's making Uh, Harry Maguire. Hey, hey, allow it, allow it. What the hell are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean? Explain, explain. He's got every, he's massive. He's good in the air. He's good on the ball. What's the problem with him? Like a pundit, like Van der Vaart said, you could find 30 Harry Maguire in Sunday league. That's what he said. Oh no, all He's still got more to prove, but he's an excellent defender. I think he's one of the best defenders in the Premier League and one of the best defenders in England, and I think that's how he's seen. He's a player who didn't deserve the million pound price tag, and I think the only club in the world which would have paid that was Manchester United. That's because Leicester are smart and they signed him up to a five-year contract. What are we supposed to do? The price tag with him came in a lot. So you're saying he's a bit behind the curve in terms of his standard yeah, yeah, versus yeah, his yeah. rating. Any other honourable yeah, mentions? Anderson, do you remember the centre mid that used to play for United? Yeah, he's good. What's wrong with him? I remember watching him in under-23 or I think living, not living up to the hype is perhaps a little bit different to being overrated, but yeah, I do.
Our overrated 11 is in goal, Hugo Lloris, right back Bellerin, centre backs Carragher and Phil Jones, left back Saka, right mid Nicolas Pepe, DMs Nasri and Lingard, left mid Hudson Adoy, and up front Anelka and Rashford. Wow, that starting 11 would lead a frustrated fan base for sure. Do you know what the funny thing is, Marty? Just to point yeah, so it's Lingard, Hudson Odoi, Rashford, Carragher, and Joe. Yeah, that is quite a lot. I do think there is a lot to be said of the English media overhyping young English talent. Yeah, I agree. We saw it ruin Jack Rilshere, we saw it ruin Ravel Morrison, and it is a bit tiring. It'd be interesting to see, in terms of overrated and underrated, if we said to people, these are two teams, don't tell them anything to do with underrated and overrated, who do you think would win? It'd be interesting to see if anyone would take our overrated 11 over our underrated 11. They would almost prove our point. No, no way. No way. There are plenty... Again, give this to some of the English pundits at Sky Sports. They're taking Rashford... <laughs> they're taking Rashford, Lingard, hudson Adoy over... Who do we have in the underappreciated 11? We had Closer, we had Muller, yeah. and we had Di Maria. Muller's too slow, Alper. Closer's too slow. They don't, they don't have the pace. Yeah, uh, Bandzukic. They're all too slow. Yeah, you know, they're all too slow. They're not good enough. They've only won three or four Champions Leagues and a couple World Cups. They're not good enough, Alpha. You need to get more people that have scored one Premier League goal or no goals and no assists in the season. That's who you need to be getting. <laughs> okay, good stuff. That's our overrated 11. Thank you again, Alpha, for coming on. No, it's a pleasure. Uh, that concludes this episode of Get Up, Speak Up with the Over Appreciated 11. Thank you everyone for listening and see you next time.